3: Set us up in week 10. And to look ahead, we're just a few days away from Thanksgiving football as well. I can't help it. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite days of the entire year. It's my favorite holiday, even though I won't be with family or my family this year. I'll be with someone else's family. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It just, it, it is almost incomprehensible that it's mid-November. And over the weekend, I was on the Jersey Shore wearing shorts. I was walking in the sand Penny and I and a friend, we were hanging out in the sand on the New Jersey shore in shorts and bare feet. I, see what I mean? It makes zero sense that we're a few days away from Thanksgiving. But it was phenomenal. In fact, uh, we were there on the shore in the wake of the the hurricane, the remnants of Hurricane Nicole. And I, you know me, I love to take photos of clouds and and waves. If you have not seen my photos, there's a few up. Uh, on Twitter, A Law Radio, I think. I, I'm pretty sure I shared some. I shared a video of the giant waves uh, and shared some other photos here. I'll retweet because I could have stood there on the shore all day long uh, and watched those waves. So that was the Jersey Shore, but I, I was out there in my bare feet in the sand. The water was cold. Uh, and then later, the sun broke out and I was sharing. Uh, I was sharing the sand and sharing the sun with Penny, who was on a dog beach. Oh my gosh, she wore herself out. She had to greet every human and a few of the dogs as well. It was hysterical. Uh, and then over the weekend, too, got to see Yo Yo Ma play the cello in concert. It was a dream come true. So, quite a weekend. Uh, if you want to check out the photos, they're on Twitter, A Law Radio. I'll try to put up some on Facebook uh, Monday at some point. Been a, a bit of a whirlwind, as you can imagine, getting back into football mode. But yeah, that's why it's hard to believe that we're a few days away from Thanksgiving and a triple header to go along with our turkey lurkey. Because I was wearing shorts over the weekend and walking in the beach, uh, uh, the New Jersey beach, in my bare feet. And actually, the weekend before was hiking in in a tank top. It's <laughs> wacky weather, and I know a lot of you feel the same way. But it is week 10 and it is mid-November and we are days away from week 12, which is the, the Thanksgiving Day games. And so we got to lock in, peeps. This is it. This is this is the, the heart of the NFL season. And teams are trying to turn corners. They're trying to position themselves. There's jostling in division races even now. Teams are trying to get healthy. Ah, they're flying to Germany to pick up wins. It's all manner of craziness breaking out. My hashtag on Sunday. Total NFL insanity, because there was plenty of that, and we're going to get to it. The wild finishes in Green Bay and in Orchard Park, as well as Chicago. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Lions and the Bears yet, but wowzers, We've given you four candidates for the team and the fan base that will wake up on Monday the most miserable and mortified and even morbid. Yeah, we get really attached. We get really attached to our football teams. The poll is up on Twitter after hours, CBS, or you can find my Twitter, A Radio, and then our Facebook page too. Just look for Homer shrinking back into the hedge. He's got shrinkage in the hedge. Uh, so we're going to get to as many games as we possibly can this hour. We still have a few that we haven't covered yet, like the Giants, who are now ahead of the Cowboys in the NFC East, and a win for the Cardinals without their starting quarterback against a team that also didn't have its starting quarterback and may have lost its MVP. So we'll give you the good news, the bad news and all of the drama in between after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS sports radio. We're live from the rocket mortgage studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, rocket mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All I'm going to say is buckle up because we have a lot to get to this hour. But if you missed anything and you don't hear us talk about your team this hour, it's because we already did. So, yes, check out the podcast. We've had two amazing guests live. Producer Jay, when was the last time we had two guests on the same show that were both joining us live?
4: I don't know if we've had. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe like the Olympics sometime, but that that's maybe two. That, okay. Yeah. Quite yeah, the, I mean, uh, generally,
3: cool. generally we tape with coaches and athletes. Um, sometimes we tape with newsmakers if our schedule doesn't fit theirs. I mean, we do have a lot of live interviews. I'm not telling you that we don't, but two in one show. That's pretty amazing. One from the Bay Area and one from Tampa, where our friend TJ Reeves had literally just stepped off the plane from Germany and wanted to talk about what it was like to be part of NFL history in Munich. So, again, our podcast available for you, all of our interviews, our podcast, etc. Separately, after hours, amylawrence.com. Hope you had an amazing weekend. I don't have time for small talk, though. Let's go. Chargers and Niners in the Bay Area. And the Chargers were able to start out really strong. They get a 32-yard touchdown catch uh, by DeAndre Carter coming off of the Justin Herbert. Uh, fire, I mean, he's such a great quarterback. Even though he's missing pieces, he's doing what he can. Austin Eckler's been a valuable weapon for them, but not a whole lot of room against that Niners defensive front. They do get a perk, though, with a Brandon Iuk fumble that leads to a Chargers field goal. And so here we are, and the Chargers have got a double-figure lead already even as they're playing in the Bay Area and they're going up against this Niners defense that has Nick Bosa and and an offense that now has Christian McCaffrey. But it wasn't until late in the second quarter where the Niners find their footing.
4: Niners out of the eye, quarterback sneak, and Garoppolo into the end zone. Touchdown, San Francisco! Jimmy Garoppolo with a one-yard touchdown run. It's his second of the season. And with 157 remaining in the second quarter, it's now a 13-9 Charger lead with the extra point coming up.
3: You see the formula. It works so well for teams like the Titans, for teams like the Niners, for the Browns too when they're executing it correctly. You use the run. You control the ball, and then you use the pass when you have to. And Jimmy Garoppolo's okay with that. He gets in with the one-yard rushing touchdown on a drive that featured a couple of long pass plays, right? Because if you're worried about Christian McCaffrey and you're worried about Elijah Mitchell, who was locked in last night, well, then you're maybe not as concerned about the pass. And so that's when Jimmy can hurt you if he's throwing accurately. L.A. was still up at the half, but San Francisco dominated the third and fourth quarters to the tune of scoreless as in the defense allows not only very few yards and very few good looks, but also no points. And steadily, we see San Francisco use that identity, use that ball control game to be able to pull ahead. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey, nice weapon to have for those Niners.
4: 49ers with a quick snap, handoff McCaffrey, straight ahead into the end zone. Touchdown, 49ers. Christian McCaffrey with a two-yard touchdown run, and the 49ers have taken the lead. Christian McCaffrey's touchdown run has put the 49ers in front. 19-16 with 7.54 remaining.
2: Defense has completely suffocated them all night. They've not scored after 16 first-half points. Here's Herbert back, pressured by Bosa, steps up, throws a fluttering ball, ball got tipped, intercepted by Talanoa Hufunga! And he'll run out of bounds with the game. The ball well got deflected, and Talanoa takes the INT to end the game.
4: The big bad wolf's got ball skills that are really, really, really good.
3: San Francisco doesn't allow any points in the second half. Really didn't even allow the Chargers much time with the football. No traction. And they get the interception off Justin Herbert late to seal it. Uh, You hear the calls there with Greg Papa on Niners Radio. Before that, Ryan Radke on Westwood One. San Francisco isn't trying to earn points for style. This is not a fashion show. No, this is about winning, and it's about trying to catch the Seahawks atop the NFC West, and they know how to do that. 41 carries, right? So it doesn't leave a whole lot of passes or boost for the ego for the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, except he doesn't care. What he really wants to do is win.
1: Different ways to win in this league. We definitely made hard on ourselves. That's for for sure. Uh, But you know, a lot of resilient guys, uh, a lot of mature guys. That was a big thing on the sideline and at halftime. Just the maturity of our team, especially offensively. Uh, just how we stuck together. You know, it wasn't pretty early on, and they were doing some things that gave us trouble. But uh, we stuck with it, and you know, got the W.
2: Overall, or you know, I thought we played
0: our best team game um, and just cleanest game versus um, the Rams a couple weeks ago. So that was a great momentum that we felt. Just I thought it was the first time we had done that consistently in all three phases. Um, really wanted to pick up off that this week. Um, I thought we had our opportunities too.
3: And now they are second place in the West. So a slow start, but they get above 500. They're three and one at home. Uh, The fans getting into it there in Santa Clara. And the Niners are who the Niners are. And I love that they don't want to be anyone else. As for the Chargers, they take a hit. They have that same 5-4 and four record, but they're looking up at the Kansas City Chiefs by two games now in the AFC West. Justin Herbert's missing a couple of pieces. No Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. Tried to spread the ball around. Austin Eckler didn't have a whole lot of room. So this was tough because the Niners' defense is fierce
1: that's a really good football team and I thought those
3: guys did a great job
4: battling and you know I, I'm thankful to have those guys on my team and be able to play with them and, and they've done a great job of all
1: year battling and dealing with adversity and, and keeping uh, continuing to get better um, it didn't go our way today that's the unfortunate part about the NFL um, but it was um, you know really good to see from those guys battling all day we didn't come in here to, to get a pat on the back for playing hard you know that's not what this
2: league's about we, we came here to win tonight and that's what I liked about our team is we came here to win tonight now we didn't win um, but the effort and the physicality tonight, the toughness of our team, that was good enough. That was what I expect, you know, in terms of going nose-to-nose nose with a good team. There was no – our group didn't back down tonight. Our team was the aggressor, all right, and it just didn't go down in the second half.
3: It definitely did not go anywhere in the second half. So, yes, Chargers 5-4 and four, Chiefs we talked about last hour. They are 7-2. and two. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence. Back to the NFC West because it's critical uh, the – the two teams at the top are above five hundred. Cardinals and Rams are not. And I'm not under any illusions that the Rams are going to find some magic potion. Uh, and their loss against Arizona on Sunday uh, could have come with a cost. We will see. We're still, we're still waiting to find out news about Cooper Cup. However, the Cardinals being at 4-6... and six, puts them in the mix in the wild cards. You may not like it when I say that. It may go against everything you feel. I, I agree with you. I feel like we should have only teams with winning records in the playoffs, but that's just not how life works in the NFL. <laughs> They've expanded the playoffs. They make it a super, super wild card weekend, super size wild card weekend. This is a
2: Gen Z thing.
3: And because, and because the NFC is top-heavy and only has a few good teams, it means most other teams are in play for wild cards, like it or not. But this was a bit of a shock to the system to see <clears throat> John Wolford at quarterback for the Rams, right? So Matthew Stafford did not get out of concussion protocol, and Colt McCoy for the Arizona Cardinals. I will say this. I am partial to Colt McCoy. I love the fact that he is – always ready to go when called on, and yet doesn't make waves. He's a team guy. He's made a living, and he's been in the league for a lot of years as a backup quarterback. And when he is called on, when his number comes up, he appreciates the experience, and he gives it everything he's got. And his teammates appreciate that too. This is the same Colt McCoy that came into the league, what, 15 years ago. It's the same guy. This was his 34th career start at 36 years old. And we're not talking about highlight reel plays, but we are talking about touchdowns. We're talking about a 17-3 lead for Arizona. We're talking about a Cardinals team that was able to keep the ball for five minutes on a drive in the second half to be able to get their running back, James Conner, into the end zone. They respond to Colt McCoy. No, he's not Kyler Murray. No one's going to mistake the two. But I love hearing them rave about Colt McCoy after the game and the fact that they got the win.
2: To be able to go out there and do that first playing time of the season really um, didn't do much in training camp. Had a couple of injuries come up. Had injury to start the season and still be able to settle in and just get the ball out, avoid the negative plays, be efficient, do all those things. Um, and the whole week during practice, the way he – Led and professionalism there early, stayed late, you know, communication was just through the roof. It was awesome to see.
1: In this situation with linemen out, our backs against the wall on the div- a division game on the road, like I, I dug deep and was-, was proud to go out there and-, and play as hard as I can. I can be better, um, but I just felt like overall, you know, once the game kind of settled in, I had a pretty good grasp of, of what we were trying to accomplish on offense.
0: Colt had an amazing game in the way he can get the ball out, the way he can diagnose defenses. So all we got to do is get open, and the ball going to be there.
3: A.J. Green had a couple of catches and a touchdown for the Arizona Cardinals. So Colt goes 26 of 37, 238 yards and a score. The defense does its part with three sacks, Another dozen hits of poor John Wolford uh, and also two takeaways. So, yeah, it's the battle of backup quarterbacks, but a neat moment for Colt McCoy. Again, at 36 years old, has an opportunity to be out there again and to be part of a win for the Cardinals. And Cliff Kingsbury was answering questions about Kyler Murray and whether or not he'll be back for next weekend.
2: He's trending closer. Um, We just, like I said, we want him to be able to take off. When he takes off, Go as fast as you can run and, and use those those gifts he has, and, and he wouldn't have been able to do that today.
3: Speaking of going fast and going as fast as you can run and using your gifts, that would apply to Cooper Cup as well. Cup left the Rams game against the Cardinals early in the fourth quarter, uh, injured an ankle. If you haven't seen the video, it it's so painful looking. And then he's clearly in pain from his facial expressions, from his body language on the sidelines in pain as well. And so Sean McVay didn't have an update following this game, but he did say, quote, I just know it didn't look good. It didn't sound good. So this is his right ankle. Uh, He had to be helped to the bench. He was checked out and walked to the locker room, did not speak after the game. But clearly that is something that could rattle not just a team, but a young QB in John Wolford.
1: Their safety cut the play late, and the linebacker got underneath, so uh, it was kind of a weird play. Um, but I, I hate to see him getting hurt, and uh, he worked so hard, and it's sad to see.
3: So here's the good news, although we won't know until there's something definitive, hopefully on Monday. Initial testing pointed toward Cup avoiding the worst of the injuries, which is great. So he he is... Maybe going to be all right. The NFL, it's a little bit like the Josh Allen uh, storyline from last week, right? With the UCL sprain and the, fearing the worst that Josh Allen might have torn something or done enough damage that he's going to be out for an extended period of time or maybe even the rest of the year, worst case scenario. Well, that's how I feel about Cooper Cup. Not only do the Rams desperately need him, but the NFL is better when Cooper Cup is on the field. He's a class act, he's a Super Bowl MVP. There isn't a whole lot he can't do, either with or without the ball. He reminds me of Steph Curry, the way he moves without the football. Um, so I'm hoping for the best for Cooper Cup. But, yeah, things are are tough right now for the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, as you can imagine, wanted to play. He's an Iron Man but was not cleared through concussion protocol. So in the NFC West, the Cardinals are able to step on the Rams while they're down and pick up a win. And Colt McCoy has a reason to smile. He's definitely not morbid on this Monday. But we have teams and fan bases who are. We've given you four candidates in our poll. So check it out on Twitter, ALaw Radio. Also, if you need some zen, if you're waking up miserable on Monday, video of waves. I- I'm telling you, it works magic. It's why there are people who have wave machines that make noise <laughs> for them while they sleep. So on Twitter or on our Facebook page, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
4: Pistol look, and then Watt goes to a wing back left. Pickett changes the play with 10 on the huddle clock. Jet motion by Hayward, and he keeps it, and he gets to the goal line. Touchdown! Kenny Pickett on the sneak from one yard out, and this crowd's in a frenzy. Particularly at home in front of our fans, man, just really appreciative of the efforts of everyone. A lot of positive contributions in all three phases, obviously. Some things we can do better and things that we need to work on, um, but it's good to work on those things with the win. It's a football feeding frenzy. After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: I missed you, Mike Tomlin. Please never take a bye week again. Saints at the Steelers. And this is one of those games that's notable for a couple of reasons. Number one, Pittsburgh dominated time of possession against New Orleans. Plus 18 minutes. What are you, the Tennessee Titans? <gasps> Ooh, this is an insult. What are you, the Cleveland Browns? Dominating time of possession like that. It was really impressive. Uh, now, the Steelers did cough up a 10-point first-half lead, but in every other stat category, uh, uh-huh, did you know that's what they're called? In every other stat you don't hate it? <laughs> I
4: kind of like it.
3: <laughs> in every other stat they were dominant they were on the plus end like 217 rushing yards including that Kenny Pickett rushing touchdown that put the Steelers on top again Bill Hillgrove on Steelers radio it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio The Saints do not love facing the Steelers' Steelers defense. In fact, Andy Dalton really doesn't like facing the Steelers' defense. Two interceptions by Andy. The first one led to a touchdown drive, uh, and then the the picket score. The second interception sealed the win. So it's notable because the Steelers get a victory, but it's also notable, I would say even more important, that T.J. Watt returned in this game. So he had been out since week number one, remember? And there was fear that he'd be gone the rest of the season. But he sets a tone for the defense. uh, And even as he gets his sea legs back under him, four tackles for TJ. I think there was also a QB hit in there. And he's excited to be back out there doing what he loves.
2: That's what we're here for, uh, to be able to create the atmosphere like we had today. Hopefully we can get it again next week and um, just take it one day at a time and go from there.
1: Our defense is unbelievable. Obviously, I feel like we have the you know the best player in football, you know, in, in ninety, and you know what I've seen him do. And I've only been here for a little bit, but um, you know the guys, the guy's unbelievable. So ha- having him out there was great.
3: Welcome back, T.J. Watt. Uh, as for the AFC North standings, it's not quite the same as the NFC, where even teams below five hundred uh, are still in prime position. There's work to do. The Steelers and the Browns have the same records at three and six. They're looking up at the Idol Bengals, who are five and four, and then the Ravens at six and three. Uh, and so you've got you've got movement, which is good, and TJ makes a difference. Uh, the AFC, though, is such a log jam, so it's hard to think about. But Kenny Pickett's getting really important reps. Najee Harris had a big game yesterday, finally, with 99 yards. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Again, I just miss Mike Tomlin, so they're not supposed to take bye weeks ever. Uh, If you want to vote for the most miserable, the most mortified, the most morbid team and fan base on Monday as they're waking up, well, we've got options on Twitter and on Facebook. Certainly won't be the New York Giants because with the Cowboys loss in Green Bay, and we'll get to that following the update, the Giants who continue their steady Eddie approach who run the ball and stop the run. How many times have I said that this year? It's boring, maybe. It's simple. It's standard. It's basic. Even my mom couldn't understand running the ball and stopping the run, and she can't name more than three quarterbacks in the NFL. It may not be sexy. We keep hearing uh, teams say, well, it was kind of ugly at times, but who cares? If you win, winning is sexy. If you win, there are smiles all around. And the Giants know this formula. They know it well. Career high carries for Saquon Barkley. That'll do it. Blitz is on. Giants get it. Jones gets hit. Throws it left. Caught by Slayton. Runs out of a tackle. He's got a first down to the 40. Down the left sideline. 30.
4: 25-20. 15-10. 20, five Dice for the end zone. Is he in? Touchdown Giants! Darius Slayton. 54 yards on a third and nine. Jones on a hard count. Audibilizing the Saquon. One receiver right. Jones now over center. Hand off Barkley. Runs right to the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. Saquon Barkley from two yards out.
3: They go hand in hand, right? When you have to fear a Saquon Barkley and an offensive line that clears room for him. Man, it seemed like years we were down on the Giants offensive line and now it's able w- with a healthy Saquon Barkley uh, to establish the run and not just that but to protect Daniel Jones and he's not making the same boneheaded mistakes that he was earlier in his career it's good to see a plan come together under Brian Dayball but uh, with the calls there on Giants Radio and Bob Papa you've got a mix so a career high 35 carries for Saquon but then what does that do It Makes the defense play honest and and they know that they uh, have to beware, right? Because Daniel Jones can throw the ball and so you have to pick your poison. And I love that when they go hand in hand. Jones has two touchdowns, just about 200 yards passing, no turnovers, which is always a big deal. But yeah, you've got 152 yards rushing for Saquon and just about 200 yards passing you couldn't ask for much more in terms of the balance and brian Dayball said his younger i think it's his youngest daughter who had a birthday and asked him or uh, she, he asked her what do you want for your birthday and she said a win bring me a ball daddy and he said that was far more pressure than anything else he would get internally from the giants
0: good to get a win you guys played hard played physical Made some timely turnovers, came out in the second half, had an opening drive touchdown, stalled a couple times in the fringe, you know, got hit on some bigger plays in the second half. But you know, overall, you know, good team win. Get ready to play Detroit.
3: I mean, I don't know who these giants are, but they're two for two in the red zone. Seven of fourteen on third down. As I say, the the turnovers are not a huge deal anymore. Uh, in fact, it's the defense that's getting the takeaways in the red zone. Two of them against the Texans. Four sacks. Uh, about a dozen QB hits. Poor Davis Mills is battered and bruised. This is the best Giant start since they were 8-1 and one in 2008. And you're not going to get excitement from Daniel Jones. In fact, uh, what did Sean O'Hara tell us a couple weeks ago? He's an Eli Manning clone. Oh, yes, he sounds just like him. This is actually Eli.
0: We're going to continue to take it one week at a time and, and prepare <laughs> uh, to play our best ball each week, go Doesn't one he? and know every week. So that's what <laughs> we're focused on. I think there's some things we, we did well we can build on going Same forward inflection? and some things we got to clean up. So uh, that's what we'll focus on going forward.
3: He wasn't just watching tape when he was a rookie. He was actually studying Eli's mannerisms and his, his inflections. He sounds just like him. <laughs> and the facial expressions are similar. Neither one of them really smiles when they're talking about wins. You wouldn't know if they just got sacked 400 times or if they just had a big win. It's pretty funny. No,
4: Eli's loud. <laughs> uh,
3: wait, do we get paid an Eli on Monday? Because that would make me really happy. I pay zero attention to football, but they do make me laugh. Uh, as for as for Saquon, he's healthy, and obviously that's a big deal. But I think he's kind of tired of talking about being healthy. Actually,
4: feels good. Um, obviously, you're not you're not too excited about it because uh, you know it's a long <laughs> season. You got to keep going week by week. Uh, but being healthy uh, during it, it is not something that I'm shocked about. Um, you know, I believe in having positive thinking. Um, you know, I've been vocal about it when I was hurt that. You know, I feel like we're gonna get back on track, and you know, I want to be part of the reason to help us get back on track, and uh, we're doing it right now. Seven-two, great start, um, especially you know, coming off a bye week and a loss. Um, that was on my set. Come out, come out, and go one to zero. We we're able to do that, and now we got to build on that to next week.
3: The NFC East and the NFC North—they have something in common: a team with eight wins. But beyond that, second-best record in the NFC. Well, that's the New York Giants That's 7-2. and two. Same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. So can we stop asking, finally, if the Giants are for real, if the Vikings are for real? We don't need to ask those questions anymore. If the Dolphins are for real, oh, yeah, it's week 10. They're for reals, all right. Now, coming up, the Cowboys take a step back. That's in Green Bay. Unbelievably wacky finishes in both Green Bay as well as in Orchard Park. We'll get to the ends of those games. Plus, if you didn't see Lions and Bears man alive we have unleashed a beast with justin fields and yet the lions won it's very crazy football's crazy i love it it's after hours on cbs sports radio
4: you are listening to the after hours podcast 6 from the 39, snap Rogers Rodgers Steps up looking his has got time He's got Watson again, touchdown Green Bay Christian Watson A Lambeau leap to the north end zone Stands, beat Deron Bland Aaron Jones on back And a hand, fake handoff to Jones Rodgers throws oh. left side of the end zone He's got it bad. touchdown It is the rookie, Christian Watson For the third time today they beat Malik Hooker. Hits misses and messes time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence
3: welcome to the NFL Christian Watson how many times do we have to see him dropping the first pass of the Packers season having it go right through his fingertips outside the end zone well he more than made up for it against the Cowboys at Lambeau Field on Sunday three touchdowns for Christian Watson they needed all of them those that you hear with Wayne Larravee on Packers radio were his second and third, 39 yards, seven yards. And just like that, the Packers erase a 14 point deficit in the fourth quarter. And this game goes into overtime. Now the big question about the Cowboys and OT, I mean, there are plenty of questions about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott throws through uh, two picks that allows uh, the Packers to build an early lead. So there are plenty of mistakes by the Cowboys. But in overtime, they've got the ball first. They're facing fourth and three. They're at the Green Bay 35-yard line. Instead of going for the field goal, Mike McCarthy instead goes forward on fourth and three. It's an incomplete pass. It wasn't even close. And that puts the ball in the hands of the Green Bay Packers. Now, something that I have to set up before you hear this cut. At the end of regulation, Aaron Rodgers is in Matt LaFleur's face. I mean, screaming obscenities at him. Essentially wanted him to run the clock, run the ball out instead of throwing a pass on third down, blah, blah, blah. But he's dropping F-bombs. He's yelling. He's so animated at his coach like he has been the last couple of weeks. He's been really fired up on the sidelines. Well, on into overtime, they're facing... uh, a long third down. They're still not in field goal range. And this one moment on third down with his veteran receiver changes everything.
4: Cowboys cheat up on the line of script. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. Could be a run blitz. They will hand the ball to. Oh, throw to Lazard up the middle. He comes to the 20-yard line before Wilson tackles him from behind at the 18-yard line. Mason Crosby for the win. Snap placement. Kick is up and it yes! is good. Yes, good. And there is your dagger. <laughs> Packers jumping all over Mason Crosby, who's done it again to the Cowboys. The Packers have ended the five game losing streak.
3: That's Wayne Laravie on Packers radio. Lambeau field was insane, but the moment I want to highlight is Again, minutes after he's screaming obscenities at his coach, Aaron Rodgers starts leaping and running and jumping upfield after Alan Lazard has that long catch and run on third down and gets them into field goal range. So, yes, he was very happy uh, and it was a total about face following this win.
2: It's been a long time to... uh... Stand up here with, and, and have a smile. So I just, I'm super proud of our guys. Just being down 14 points in the fourth quarter, being able to battle back, uh, obviously getting some key stops at, at really uh, critical times was, was huge for us. And then to be able to convert some of those long drives into points. Wasn't real happy with the way the uh, fourth quarter, the two minute situation ended, but <laughs> our guys bailed me out.
3: You mean when Aaron Rodgers was screaming the F-bomb in your face? Uh, speaking of Aaron, his quarterback rating was the best it's been all season. Near 147, he had three touchdowns, uh, and this was against his former coach. He and the Packers get a win over Mike McCarthy. I don't think
4: Mike suited up tonight. Um, got to check the stats here, Tom. He didn't, yeah.
3: Okay, smart ass. But
4: uh, I tell you, we got to have an a extended conversation early on today. Um, we messaged each other and coordinated a time to get together well before kickoff, and that was really, really meaningful, I think, for both of us. and So we had a laugh about on the field because people might have thought that was the first time we saw each other and hugged each other pregame, but we had a really beautiful conversation before the game and uh, just really thankful for that time.
3: So, Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy back together again at Lambeau, but the Cowboys, they fall to six and three. McCarthy was ticked off after the game and so wasn't really feeling nostalgic. Uh, Cowboys are now in third place in the NFC East at six and three. That's how stout the division is. Meanwhile, the Packers are looking up at the Minnesota Vikings, who also were engaged in quite a wild finish in Orchard Park. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, Josh Allen. Uh, Yes. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. And I wish we had time to talk more about his one-handed grab that he snatched away from the defense on 4th and 18 in the 4th quarter. If you haven't seen it, it's on our show Twitter after our CBS. For good reason, that highlight reel catch is being called uh, right now the catch of the year. However, that same drive, so later in that drive, from the half-yard line, Buffalo stuffs the Minnesota Vikings. They don't get into the end zone with the go-ahead score, and now it's just a matter of the Bills making some room, getting out of danger, and running out the clock.
4: Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion, and Davis is behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there! He didn't get out! He did not get out! That's a safety! Give it to us! Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, the no, ball came, came out. Down. Yes, the Vikings, you the Vikings are going to win. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball
3: came loose. Holy cow. Paul Allen and Pete Birchich on the Vikings radio network. Now, the game wasn't over because even though Allen fumbles that snap and there's a a, a miss. Mistake, miscue, on the handoff. I don't know if it was miscommunication, but the ball gets recovered by Eric Kendricks for the go-ahead TD. Buffalo's got time, and they use five plays. They get in field goal range, and the game goes into overtime. So in overtime, the Vikings have the ball first. They can only manage a field goal themselves. And once again, Josh Allen with an opportunity for redemption. He's got the ball in his hands, and he's moving the Bills into the red zone.
4: Allen back to pass in the pocket to the end zone.
3: Yes! It is by down! Patrick Peterson! I hear and it. he slides down!
4: Woo! And the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one what a game! game! We're still Eight and one and they come to <laughs> Buffalo
3: and they walk off on Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills Who? what do we hear Josh Allen say last week against the Jets when your quarterback plays like crap or you've got a crappy quarterback it's a lot harder to win well he has not just one but two costly turnovers late in this game including the overtime interception and he didn't really have as much to say this week
1: that ball that decision. Losing sucks. Sucks this way even worse. Um, horrendous second half. I got to be better. I got to be better.
3: Josh, what happened on the fumble
1: with Mitch Ruth? Like, I yeah, it's on me. Um, can't have that.
3: Yeah, so he takes credit for the fumble on that that handoff uh, that was recovered in the end zone for the TD. So he's fit to be tied. The Bills have dropped two in a row, and they're no longer in first place in the AFC East. That belongs to the Red Hot Dolphins. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, this cast of of Vikings offensively and defensively locked in, even if they are slow starters. And crazy enough, they now are tied for the most wins in the NFL with the Eagles who played tonight.
2: You kind of learn just to really believe and, and trust that um, at some point, you know, it could be the next play. Something's going to turn, and um, it was a wild game. I think the Bills are a really good football team. They'll be playing, a, you know, meaningful football in January. Uh, it's a great atmosphere here. Um, you know, certainly when it's a game that close, you can point to any number of plays where the game could have gone either direction. And we're, we're you know, thrilled to come out of here with a win. You're all over the map. I mean, you're um, you're expecting to get in, didn't get in. About as close as you can get without not get without getting in, and then defense does a phenomenal job not only you know providing pressure there, but also then recovering it for a touchdown. And then um, you know then we had to get our mind right for overtime, and I thought we ran the football really well in overtime. Um, So you know there were a lot of a lot of sequences there. We have to just keep playing.
3: Vikings 8-1, surviving a wild affair in Orchard Park. And they've got the same number of wins as the Eagles. Eagles play the Commanders tonight. Got a couple of minutes just to finish up the NFC North because there was not one, not two, but three unbelievable finishes coming out of this division. Lions at the Bears. Another 147 rushing yards for Justin Fields. He is a beast. But Detroit, they're slow starters as well. They find a flair for the dramatic late in games. So they tie this game despite being down by two scores. Scores, only to see Justin Fields come up with a wicked response.
4: David Montgomery on the right hit of Justin Fields. He'll keep the ball, and there he goes, Justin middle of the field. 45-50. Greengrass in front of him. Leaving Lions in his wake. Running left to the 10. Five. End zone. Touchdown. On the biggest play. Third down you could possibly have dialed up. He goes 67 yards. Point is up. It is no good. Ah, Santos
3: misses the extra point. Jeff Joniak with the best of times and the worst of times. A 67-yard scamper for Justin Fields, but no point after, which means they're only up 30-24. to 24. The Lions respond. With a 91-yard drive, that goes over three minutes. Jamal Williams gets into the end zone uh, for what is now a one-point lead, right? Because they get the extra point, and it's up to the defense. Oh, no. Not the Detroit defense. The Detroit defense that's sometimes like Swiss cheese, that defense?
2: Here we go, boys. Let's get off this field. Minute 12 to go. Fourth and eight, Chicago from their own 32. Lions lead it by one. There's the shotgun snap to Fields. He's back. Fields looking.
4: Fields pressured. Fields keep him behind. He's going down. No, he stayed up. Fields, no, he's going down. Get, Get him down. Away. Get him down. Sacked. Three tries. Third time was the charm. Julian Okwara
3: finally took him down. So that was how it ended between the Lions and the Bears. And I know we're talking about two teams that are three-win teams, but, man, don't tell them it doesn't matter.
1: Nobody's happy about his loss. Uh, you know, uh, it's just we always get told that we're almost there. We're almost there. Like, me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. I'm tired of being, you know, just just this close. Uh, I feel like I've been hearing it for so long now. But, uh, you know. At the end of the day, all you can do is get back to work. Meanwhile,
3: break up the Lions. They've won back-to-back games as they've gotten out of the basement of the NFC North. So we got to every game. I'm so proud of us. Producer Jay killed it with the audio again. But, man, there's so much still to unpack. And we've got one more game to come. The Eagles trying to go 9-0 and for the first time in franchise history, hosting the Commandos-ers tonight. So we'll talk about it and then everything else from Week 10. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Boom! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.